Heritage Park Baptist Church, we make apprentices to Jesus Christ. For more information about our church, please visit heritagepark.org. All right. Good morning again, everybody. I like it. I like it. It's good to see you all here. If you have a Bible this morning, Matthew chapter 5, we are going to look at one particular sentence uh, in Jesus' teaching. If you're a user of the Bible app, you can open up and find our live event and track along with the sermon notes, scriptures, and so forth. Uh, One more time, if you need uh, immediate help um, with your house, info at heritagepark.org, make sure and send uh, an email. Uh, That would be great. Uh, you can also, if you're online, you can leave comments there and we'll be happy to uh, address those just as quickly, uh, just as quickly as we can. If you've been tracking along, you know, we've been preaching through the Sermon on the Mount and um, just wanted to uh, recognize that today's a different Sunday. So we're going to press pause on, on that, although we're going to use a text from the Sermon on the Mount. It's very familiar. It's where we've been just even a couple of uh, weeks ago. So I just want to jump uh, right in. This is a call to hope. This is where we are today. Matthew chapter five, verse 45 um, is what we're going to look. And it's actually the sentence there. Now, uh, we're catching Jesus in the middle of a thought. Um, so the verse starts, uh, so that you may be sons of your father, the one who is in the heavens. We'll pick that back up here in just a minute. Uh, but here's the sentence I want to lock in on. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. That, that's where I want to go. Um, the, the, I guess, topic, if you will, um, is, is this theological idea of providence. But the whole point of this is to bring ourselves and hear his invitation to hope. Does anybody need hope in your day, in your week, in your age, in your moment, in your house, in your neighborhood, on your street? Does anybody need hope? You and I get to be brokers of that because we are the people of hope. Why? Because we know that God is in control. And, um, uh, this is not a, a theological uh, discussion in this moment, but it is rooted in good theology. Providence, the, the old word, essentially means this, that God has both control over and care for his creation. Now, in this moment right here, we do not want to surrender good doctrine. That's what I'm telling you, because our feelings and our circumstances and any number of other things would want to steer us to places that we don't need to go. We want to stand very, very firm, like we're going to sing about here in just a minute. We want to stand very, very firm on some solid ground. And the solid ground that we want to stand on today is God causes the rain to fall on the just, the just. He causes the sun to rise. It is a, it is a, uh, a call to belief in and standing firm on the doctrine of providence that he has control over and he cares for this world that he created. That's where we're standing today. We want to hold right there. That's, that's firm. It's firm footing. We, we need, um, uh, uh, we need a good theology in moments like this. Otherwise our feelings will get the best of us. So we're standing on hope uh, and we're, we're being invited into hope because of who God is and how he is exercising his control and his care for um, his creation. Um, uh, when we talk about hope, I'll just do this one little thing real quick. When we talk about hope, this is not a feeling. Uh, I hope our, we get off the water boil thing here pretty soon, or I hope HEB has milk in a little bit or what it is not a feeling. It is a, it is a resolve. That's what it is. Hope is this amazing power, confidence that we have in what is going on and what will go on because we know, we know who God is. We know what he's up to. We, we know how he is in control. Hope, it, it, it steals us. S-T-E-E-L-S. Not, not steal, but it, it, it makes us to have resolve. 
in moments like this. This is hope, okay? And so I just want to highlight three things. Um, the, the first one, uh, you'll see it here up on the screen. Uh, but he says, uh, he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. I just want to highlight this, that we have encountered some circumstances this week. We have encountered some stuff. And, and th- there is rain uh, and, and there is sun. And on good days, rain is a blessing. And on good days, sun is a blessing. Come August, sun is not necessarily all that much of a blessing, yeah? And, and, and there are times when rain, we've experienced this, uh, you know, three and a half years ago, uh, when a rain, a little bit too much of rain or a lot of too much of rain is not really a blessing. And so what I want to say is um, th- these things that are normal blessings in too much amounts, man, that, that our, our circumstances can change in a heartbeat. Yes. The temperature can drop below the freezing mark. Things can go a little sideways in our house or any number of other things that could happen. ERCOT could not be the energy reliability council of Texas and just be the energy irreliable, whatever. I mean, like it could be, we could have circumstances change. And here's, I mean, all joking aside, I want to recognize that there is pain and there is hardship and those things are real. Some of us have experienced that this week. Some of you watching from home, you experienced that this week. Power goes out, water goes out, any number of things go out. Um, tears, frustration, Weariness, desperation, all of it real. So if you felt that this week, some of you stuck in other states, some of you stuck in your house, you, I mean, you, you would love to go somewhere. You can't get out. Some of you are in somebody else's house. It's all real. It's all it, the desperation. The tears, the frustration, the weariness, it's all real. And the recipients of all of this are all different kinds of people. We live, folks, in a broken world. And the brokenness of our world permeates every little part of it. Um, There are broken relationships. There are uh, broken um, societies. There are broken economic systems. There are broken power grids. There are broken weather patterns. There's all sorts of brokenness in our world. And it, it comes down to us and the pain and the hardship that we experience as a result of that, all of that, all of that is very real. And it, it expresses itself, maybe, maybe it expresses itself like, um, oh, hey, why did my pipes bust and theirs didn't? Um, wh- why, why, why did they keep power and I didn't? Or flip that, because some of you have expressed even this morning, hey, uh, I actually didn't lose power. Why did they lose it and I didn't? That survivor thing, we'll talk more about that in just a second. Here's what I want to say is if we run to those kind of why questions, I think we need to hear an invitation, a different kind of invitation, an invitation of hope. Because when we get in those moments and the frustration rises and the disappointment rises or the the weariness comes over us, the desperation, any number of other things, our feelings there will lead us astray. He says he causes uh, the sun to rise and the, the rain to fall and it's on evil and good, just and unjust. There's all sorts of people here. And if you think to yourself, here's the deal. If you think to yourself, why did it go out for me and not that guy? Am I not? a better person than that guy? Let's just be clear about who we are in the middle of this. We are people in desperate, all of us here in desperate need of God's mercy 
Who qualifies? Who qualifies to deserve God's mercy here? Anybody? Mercy isn't deserved. Mercy isn't merited. So our, our feelings will lead us astray here. And we, we, don't, we just don't want to go that way because if we do, we will find ourselves thinking some way, some story that we will tell ourselves is that the universe has somehow conspired against us and it hasn't. Our circumstances, that last bullet there, our circumstances are very much under the control of God Almighty, folks. He causes the sun to rise. He causes the rain to fall. Our circumstances are under the control of God. And because of that, therefore, this is the part, this is the part where we hear his invitation to hope, even in the midst of difficult circumstances. Because our circumstances are under his control, because the doctrine of providence is solid ground on which we can stand, that God has control over and care for his creation, our creation, our experience right now, because God has control over these circumstances, therefore, those circumstances can be redeemed by God. If, if, we, if we think, oh, somehow, some way, God's uh, lost control, maybe he sneezed or uh, he got distracted by something that popped up on Instagram or whatever, and he somehow let Texas go off the crazy uh, train, right? I mean, we just, uh, oh, God, I, where were you in the middle of this? If that, in that moment, if that's what we think, then we don't have any assurance that God can redeem it. But if God is fully in control, folks, if his hands are very much on the wheel, then we can trust God not only to see us through this, but he can redeem these things. And so we have all of these profound promises, all of them. Romans eight twenty eight, 28, um, God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Psalm, uh, or, uh, Ephesians 1, 11, he works all things after the counsel of his will. Psalm 115, verse 3, this is the one I love holding on to. Our God is in the heavens and he does whatever he pleases. You know who stands in the way of God in accomplishing his will? Nobody. Because, because our circumstances are under the control of God, we therefore can trust, believe, and hold on to hope. Be invited into a hope, a resolve that God is going to redeem these circumstances. Second word, second word, you ready? Calls. Do you see verse in, this, in that sentence? For he makes, or some of you have, he causes rain to fall Sun to rise. He causes these things. They are, did you see, don't miss this. It's his son and his reign. It's his son and his reign. And because it's his, then he can do whatever he wants to with them. We, we as the people, we get to surrender to that. And what I want, I, I think the invitation this morning um, is to, uh, to live in the kind of hope that Joseph had and not Job. And here's the, here's the difference. Joseph, in the Old Testament, Genesis 37, da- down to the, the end of Genesis chapter 50, uh, Joseph um, had a dream, got sold into slavery by his brothers, ended up in a pit. He was the favored child, but, you know, all sorts of family crazy. Nobody experienced family crazy this week, right? Just, all right. So family crazy, uh, got sold into his pit by, uh, uh, into slavery by his brothers, ended up in Egypt um, at Potiphar's house, um, uh, ultimately ended up in prison because some more family crazy in Potiphar's family. Um, and again, nobody has extended family that has crazy in it, right? Okay. So he ends up in prison because of that, gets forgotten in prison, ultimately um, exalted uh, to the second place, vice president, if you will, of Egypt to see them through uh, the drought, their own version of pandemic life. And all throughout, 
We think that, and this is, this is an important part, all through, at the end of the story of Joseph, he says to his brothers, hey, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. But he says that five chapters beforehand in chapter 45. So all throughout, he's holding on to hope. God, you gave me this. I'm going to trust you in it. I'm going to hold on to it. I'm going to believe it. And I am going to see your redemption come from this. I'm going to, you, you cause these things. I am in your hands and therefore I am okay. Job, on the other hand, he started really good with all these things. So uh, you give, God, you take away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Yeah. And then three of his friends came around. Now, again, does anybody have friends who might have given them input this week that wasn't uniquely helpful? So he's got three friends, and ultimately they come around. They believe, he starts believing what they're saying. Hey, Job, if you were actually okay, if you were good enough, God wouldn't do this to you. He's like, but I am. And so his anger that he is feeling towards his friends then, then migrates towards God. And finally, in those latter chapters, he gets down to it. And he says, God, you and I, we got, we got to have some words here. And God's like, great. You be quiet and I'll do the talking. <laughs> we want to be like Joseph and hold on to that hope. Resolve that God's going to redeem it. We don't want to give input to people's voices sources that cause us to transfer our angst, desperation, frustration, and even anger onto the one who's going to bring the redemption. It's the same God, the same God who brought the rain is the same God who brings the sun, folks. This week, we've got a family living with us right now, and um, I guess it was Tuesday night. I guess it was... Today is Sunday, right? I mean, is anybody else completely off? I'm pretty sure it's Sunday. I, I think it was Tuesday night. Um, we had some music just playing in the house. It was uh, one of the songs from Maverick City Music. Love their music. Um, and the, the, the um, phrase that came on was, uh, your faithfulness, oh Lord, your faithfulness, it never runs out. And we're just sitting around in the living room there. And, you know, out of the corner of your eye, you catch something every so often. Mom, mom is over there. Mom of this family is over there. And um, she, she has just cleared her some space. And all of a sudden, the corner of the couch is a temple. Because she's in full-on worship mode. Oh, Lord, your faithfulness never runs out. Her hand goes up. She just... And I... In that moment, we all get kind of caught up in it. And this is what she said afterwards. I wrote it down. He's been faithful to us throughout. Why do I think he would stop now? Yes. Listen, he causes the rain. It's true. It's his rain and it's his son. But listen, the same God who brings the rain is the same God who brings the sun. And folks, if he was faithful to you last week, he'll be faithful to you this week. And guess what you can count on tomorrow? He can be faithful to you tomorrow. Oh, Lord, your faithfulness, it never runs out. Why? Because God is the God of providence, the one who has control over and care for our creation, our, our world, this moment. He's, he's getting control, and he's caring for it. It's an invitation to hope. La- last thing. I, I want to point back to the first phrase there in verse 45. So that you may be sons of your father who is in the heavens. Because what God is in control. 
I mean, it would be one thing if it were a tyrant, if it were Zeus or some other mythical creature up there that we could think of and go, oh, okay, this is who you are up there. But listen, this is not who is. He says specifically, Jesus lets us know what God is in control, what God exactly makes the rain to fall and the sun to rise. It is, he calls him our father, this providential God, this one who has control over and care for our creation, uh, his creation, our experience of this world, the place where we can stand, we can put our trust in our father. That's what he says, our father. So everything then, everything that comes to us is filtered by him. When I was growing up, particularly in college, uh, our pastor had a phrase and I've kept it. It is right in my pocket. Every circumstance that comes our way is father-filtered. Every one of them. Everything's father-filtered. Nothing gets to us. Nothing gets to us on its own. Everything is filtered by our father. And I, I guess I'm saying that, pointing that out, holding that out that truth out to say, yes, God is the God who in this moment we can stand on, count on, bank on, hope in the fact that he has control over and uh, care for his creation. And some people in this moment go, well, you know, God, God, God wouldn't give me more than I can handle. I think God pretty consistently gives us more than we can handle. Because what does it do? It makes me look to him instead of to me. If I can handle it, then I don't need his help. And God is inviting us to a kind of relationship and inviting us to a kind of hope that has clear, um, uh, uh, a clear delineation between the one who is able and the one who is not. Between the one who can and the one who probably cannot. Between the one who is in control and the one who is definitely not. Everything is filtered by him. Everything comes to us. And it's father, it's father filtered. Uh, secondly, um, it, it says of him in verse, there in verse 45, so that you may be sons of your father, that, and where is, he is the one in the heavens. Now, we've talked about this before. That word is plural there. If you want to go ahead and add an S um, to the end of, of uh, that phrase, you go right ahead, it is in the heavens. What he is emphasizing, what Jesus is emphasizing, is that God has, has the, the, our father has his presence is with us as near as the air around us, this layer of heavens, and as high as the heavens that you can think about. He is near to us. He is near and we are not alone. Not for a moment this week, no matter what bust or didn't bust, no matter what worked or didn't work, no matter which switch flipped or did not flip, you were never alone in it, ever. Never alone. He is near to us. And we are not, we are not alone. So, uh, this is, I, I want to just help us for a moment, pastorally, in light of providence, in light of God's control over and care for his creation. I want to invite us to hope and to a different set of questions. Instead of asking, why, why did this happen? Why, God, did you let this go down this way? Um, wh- wh- why would you do this to me? Why did your attitude towards me change? Instead of asking those kind of questions, I want to invite you to some how questions, two in particular. You ready? How is God going to use me through this? I want to invite you to that question. Some of you, I've mentioned earlier, some of you have expressed even this morning, well, gosh, my power didn't go out or it was only out for an hour or whatever. And uh, I'm kind of feeling guilty about that. If God has blessed you in that way, why does he bless us? He blesses us so that we can 
be a blessing. Yes? So what does that look like? How is God, how is he going to use me through this? How is he going to use me? As a church family, we, I, I just want to applaud us and say, hey, we, we do pretty well with this. So don't, don't hear me fussing. Hear me inviting you um, to think about this in your neighborhood, even, even today. Um, on, uh, um, on Wednesday and Thursday, we had tables set up up here. People had come up here and cooked. We gave away food. We were able to feed um, uh, folks who came as well as uh, folks from the League City Water Department who were on four days straight. I mean, we had all sorts of people up here engaged and helping. Awesome. How is God going to use us? How is he going to use you through this? Those three H words. Let me just highlight them for you. Number one, we the people of God, because he has blessed us, we can be hospitable people. Hospitality, that is one way to do it. Some of you have opened your home. Some of you have opened your, uh, some of you have fed um, other people. Some of you have uh, uh, made a grocery run for somebody. Some of you have done this or done that. Any number of other things, hospitality. And we want to hold on to that. Hospitality is one of the marks of of our generosity towards others. Secondly, help. Just help. Physical help. At times, there will be people around you who need help. They need to move this uh, that couch from here to there. They need to get this up off of the floor or they need to make sure that that gets out or this gets taken over there, any number of things. Um, and, and some of you have people in your small groups, in your Sunday school classes. Some of you have people on your block. Um, any number of things, any, any number of circles in which you have already helped. Two o'clock today, we're going to go over, help somebody um, get floors out because they finally got clearance from their insurance adjuster uh, to do that. If you're bored at two o'clock, you let me know. All right, we'll just descend on that thing like a locust and just have it done. Help. And thirdly, folks, we broker hope. That's what we do. We have been invited into hope, a a sense of resolve that God is going to redeem these things. He's going to use these things, that he's going to make some things good that have not previously been good, that he's going to change some things. He's going to work some things out for good. So we broker hope and we hold on to that. And when we when we get the opportunity, we speak words of hope. We we say things, we we invite people into that kind of hope. How's he going to use me? Hospitality, help, and hope. Those three H words. Second, how question. How is he going to see me through this? Because some of you aren't in a position to help others. You're going to need to be on the receiving end. How is he going to see me through this? And I want to say to you, there is a God who has control over and care for his creation. And so let me break it down to where it's very personal. God has control over and care for your situation. Your situation. How is he going to see you through this? Start asking that kind of question. If, uh, we told this story um, after Harvey. It's too good not to tell again. My friend Steve, he pastors up in the downtown area of Houston. Um, after Hurricane Andrew blew through Florida back, way back when, he and a buddy of his uh, hopped in a car and drove down there. His future father-in-law was a pastor, and um, they were down there helping clean up in the Miami area and just generally trying to do whatever they could. Um, there was a whole segment 
there was a whole segment of the neighborhood, this one particular neighborhood built by um, Habitat uh, for Humanity. And um, all of those houses were still standing. A bunch of other houses blown over. All of those houses were still standing. <laughs> so they asked the, the guy, the, they said, uh, hey man, can I ask you a question? The press, he's at this press conference. How in the world was the Habitat houses, how were they, the ones built by these, how, like, how were they still standing? It's a good question. He said, it's an easy answer. Our volunteers. That doesn't make sense. You would think that the guys who like do framing for a living, they would build a house that stands the hurricane, right? He goes, no, 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 no. You've got it all backwards. Because the guys who do it for a living, um, if the code says you got to have six nails every number of feet or whatever, um, they'll put six nails. Our volunteers will put 20. They want that stuff to stick. And here's the quote. You ready? He said, heck, those houses are probably there, standing in place, because of the weight of the nails alone. Church family, you know how you're going to get through this? Because of the weight of the nails alone. There was a Friday in which Jesus bore nails. And Saturday was profoundly dark. But a God who's fully in control and cares. And cares. Made sure that Sunday came. And so he invites us to hope. So if your circumstances are dark right now, if it's Saturday, you will stay in place because of the weight of the nails alone. And if you are here this morning or you're watching online and you you're, wouldn't consider yourself a Christian, I want to invite you to that part of our story as a church family. And, and if you are here and you're struggling... This is a moment for you to put your feet on somewhere solid and know that the weight of the nails alone will see you through. Let me pray for us. In this moment, Jesus, um, we gladly surrender to you. And in this moment, we hear your invitation to hope. I just, over all of us, where else are we going to go? Who else has the power and the care to hold us together? Where else are we going to stand? Who has mercy like you have mercy toward us? Who else is in the heavens and does whatever he pleases? Who else grants us promises? You will work to bring redemption to all of this for our good. Where else do we go?
nowhere. So, we're in your hands, and gladly so. And if you want to take just a moment as a church family, you online watching, just have a moment. Maybe you need to say some things to God, or maybe in this moment you need to hear his invitation to hope, a resolve. We are yours. And that's the right spot for us to be, Father. Let's be people of hope and brokers of it. In Jesus' name.